welcome. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for coming to our 8th Annual Empower Public Showcase, featuring the 2016 Empower Champions themselves. My name is Jesse Lerner, and I've been with Sustained Dane for nine years, and I've had the honor of being our executive director for three. By show of hands, is this anyone's first time at a Sustained Dane hosted event? Woo! Thank you. You guys made a good choice this morning. So at Sustained Dane, we are working towards moving forward holistic sustainability, the intersection of a healthy planet, a just community, and a thriving economy. When these three interconnected systems enhance one another, we like to call it Big S Sustainability. We work with people like you. In fact, we've worked with many of you to help you turn your Big S intentions into action and thus inspire your own networks. The slides are going by themselves, but we're just going to let the slides go and I'll keep talking. Um, so we've worked with many of you, in fact, to help turn your big S intentions and thus inspire your own networks of friends, families, and coworkers to make change. Empower is one piece of the puzzle of inspiring community-wide change and moving us closer towards big S, sustainability. Your business hat is a big part of yourself, especially those in this room. And Sustained Dane wants to help the whole you grow. So that's why we meet you wherever you are, in whichever hat you are wearing. Our programs currently help individuals like you move sustainability forward in schools, in neighborhoods, and within businesses, because the whole you matters. And we see your potential as change makers at school, at home, at work, and at large. And these efforts complement each other to move us closer to big S faster. So how do we do this? Well, we coach businesses to save energy and reduce carbon emissions through the Empower program. We support teachers using outdoor classrooms to connect students to nature. We unite neighbors around a shared vision of sustainability. We educate professionals on establishing inclusive, equitable workplaces through the Step Up Equity Matters program. We teach innovative practical skills at our annual Badger Bioneers Conference. And if you'd like to learn about how you can get involved in creating the world you want beyond your work hat, please talk to myself or another staff member during the networking. So I'd like to take a moment to introduce the Sustained Dane team. If our staff and interns could please stand our very talented team. We've got Amy and Stacy. Way in the back, we've got Tyler, we've got Lucy, and we've got Gloria. Those are our staff members, and we have some awesome interns with us today. We have Sarah, and we have Grace, and I believe we have Edgar. Um, might show up soon. So, we are a small but mighty team. Team Sustained Dane, and we are grateful for you joining us today to learn stories from sustainability champions. Today's event is going to focus on our longest running program within the business community, the Empowered Champions Program. By show of hands, who has worked or is working at one of the 88 Empower alumni? Raise those hands super high. You guys rock. Thank you so much 
for your hard work and for leading the way for today's featured panelists. One last show of hands. Um, have you attended an Empower Showcase sometime in the past eight years? You guys are diehards. Thank you. Yes, we have been doing this for eight years, and we are still coming together year after year in the dead of winter to learn about the success stories of sustainability projects. Reminded us that regardless of title, we can influence positive change at our place of employment. And all of us making changes, even when singularly they might not be that sexy on their own, added up, are pretty darn sexy. Look at the room, you guys. Come on. <laughs> so as we continue to gather, even though the world around us changes in sometimes unpredictable ways, a constant is the value gained by working with organizations across departmental green teams to identify sustainability projects and the business case for each project. It is so valuable that the Sustainability Institute in La Crosse, Wisconsin, will be hosting their second Empower Showcase in February as they finish up their second year of the Empower Champions program outside of Dane County. Yeah, if you have contacts, friends, another office, an organization in your supply chain in the La Crosse region, I encourage you to let them know about Empower in La Crosse as they will be starting their second cohort this spring, as will we. So this spring, Sustained Dane will be starting another year of the program, our ninth cohort. Applications are now open, and next year we can add more dots to take the place of those awesome red question marks um, and keep building the momentum our community has started. I'd like to give a huge thank you to our funders and program partners that have been with us from the beginning, the City of Madison, MG&E, and the EPA. You guys have been solid. Thank you. I'd also like to thank our corporate sponsors for this year, Compass Properties, WEC, April Air, and Boardman and & Clark. Let's give a big round of applause to these seven organizations. <laughs> With your support, we are able to keep participation, free, participation fees low so that any organization interested in making green changes can. And if you want to talk to me about joining these organizations and sponsoring the 2017 program, please grab me during the networking. So the businesses speaking today have spent the last year taking significant steps towards saving energy, waste reduction, engaging their customers and supply chain, all while, all while creating more sustainable business practices. You will hear each organization speak today about a project they are particularly proud of. Um, and as each champion identifies which projects to implement, we ask them to do five. Um, they also identify the business case. Each story you hear has a business case beyond this is the right thing to do and lessons that you can take back to your workplace. Looking at your business goals and challenges using a sustainability lens helps you identify solutions and pay attention to the externalities and not leave them for others to clean up. And when a business reduces waste and creates efficiencies, it has many co-benefits. Financial savings, increased PR value, building a stronger office culture, or increasing employee safety and comfort. Every time an employee makes a choice that reduces waste and creates efficiencies, it makes the business stronger. 
and it improves the quality of life for all of us. A thriving economy has business growth, healthy natural resources, and a healthy and happy workforce. Every sustainable action moves our economy into a stronger future. I'd like to thank each of the champions for taking the initiative this past year to be a model for each other for the and for the country for what sustainability can look like in the business community. So today we're going to hear from Jesse Shields, your go-to key accounts manager at MG&E, one of the program's dedicated partners and funders from the beginning, Stacy Reese, Sustained Dane Sustainable Business Initiative Director, Amy Keesling, Sustained Dane Step Up co-founder, and of course the stars for today, representatives from the 2016 Empower Champions themselves. So at this time, I would like to invite up my friend and colleague, Jesse Shields, to give a few remarks. If you haven't had the chance to work with Jesse, you should participate in Empower just to do that. Um, <laughs> he makes things that you might find frustrating fun. He makes things that are boring fun and sexy, and all of a sudden you have, like, all of these energy efficiency savings and all of those dollars you can put towards other great things that your team wants to do. So with that, Jesse, I'll give you the microphone. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Jesse. Really appreciate and um, thank you for letting us be a part of the program. Um, I just want to say one thing that uh, most people probably know, or especially if you've seen me in the different groups, is that, you know, I love Jesse and the team from Sustain Dane. Um, they are one of the most open and transparent and friendly teams that I've worked with um, with my uh, situation with MG&E. Um, so just want to welcome everyone this morning. Um, and as I see and look out here, I see a lot of beautiful people. I'm not counting you, Ryan. But, uh, <laughs> no, I just joke about Ryan because he's one of our newest account reps. So um, we have a lot of uh, account reps here from MG&E, so uh, get to know us, get to talk to us. Uh, we'd love to work with you. Uh, we work with multiple businesses on all facets, so we would love to uh, participate with you guys on projects. Um, one of the things that why I brought up Ryan and, and pointed him out, I, in our staff meetings I usually – um, give feedback on some of the programs that Sustain Dane is participating in or, or that they're running. And I kind of let our staff know the exciting and innovative things that they're doing. And that kind of puts a buzz in our room. And so, um, as you've probably seen, we've gotten more involved, and that's one of the things that we want to do. Um, also, the Empower program that MGE, as Jesse has said, has supported since the inception. Um, it's because they're an insightful and educational program that we're, as a resource, I learn as much from each business and each um, speaker because there's some great speakers and uh, presenters that come to the program. So I, I think it's a two-way street, and that's why, like Jesse said, it's, it's fun because there's not one person just dictating to the other. We're, each um, business learns from each other. We all have something to bring to the table, so that's very um, uh very beneficial for me and, and my time as you individuals that have spouses and kids. Uh, it's a lot of time taken up, so you, you want to make sure that your time is being used um, in a valuable way. So like I said, I've been impressed to observe companies, um, and I would say companies that have green teams, I would consider joining uh, the Empower program just to excel your green team. And if you don't have green team and you just want to reestablish a green team, I think this would be a beneficial program for you. And it would also show value um, to your upper management. And I think as all of us that have bosses, the main thing we want to do is show 
um, value and let them know that their, their time and efforts uh, with you are not being wasted. So this is one of those things to kind of get in the good graces of your bosses, I would say. Um, so as our major sponsor and stuff for Sustained Day, um, like, again, we value our partnership. And one of the things that we look for, like I said, it's a two-way street. We're engulfing into a robust um, Energy 2030 format. Um, or platform and so what we were going to be needing we're going to be needing to work with our different businesses We're going to need to work with our partners like sustained day focus on energy and others So feel free to reach out to any of us account reps um, And we'd be glad to give you more information on our energy 2030 or you can go on our website um, But congrats to sustained day and the empire cohorts for this year. Thank you Thank you, Jesse so next, I'd like to hand over the mic to our MC for the rest of the day, Stacy Reese. Um, Jesse mentioned that the green teams, um, that this program helps you make you look good to your boss. Well, Stacy helps you make yourselves look good. So um, that is her job for the entire year. So at this point, Stacy, if you could come on up. All right. Good morning. Can everyone hear me? All right. Thank you all for coming out this morning on a very early Friday. Um, and I'd like to also thank Monona Terrace for hosting this event and providing the uh, food and beverages. Um, uh, and I'd also like to thank our opening remarks. Uh, Jesse, thank you for giving an overview of Sustained Day and our philosophy and um, uh, also talking about the replication of Empower and Lacrosse. And thank you to Jesse for uh, representing mg and &E. uh, He said, uh, since the inception of the Empower program, a real uh, huge supporter and partner of the program, and also a trooper for attending every sustainability session for Empower for every year. <laughs> I'd also I'd like to extend a debt of gratitude to the Empower champions themselves uh, for all the hard work they've had to do over the last year, as well as the work for uh, preparing for today's event. So thank you very much for that. Uh, again, my name is Stacy. Uh, I've been with the Empower program since 2013, and this is actually my third Empower showcase. Um, just to give you a little overview of the logistics for the day, uh, I'll be giving a little overview of the nuts and bolts of the Empower program to see what that looks like. Um, and then we're going to invite the first panel of Empower champions up to uh, the panel table. Um, each of them will have a uh, moment to present, and then we're going to open it up to uh, questions from the audience. So have those questions ready. Um, then we're going to have a, a break in between that panel and the next panel where um, Amy Kiesling is going to be presenting on us, the Step Up program. Uh, after that uh, uh, halftime show, we're going to have the second panel come on up and, again, having space at the end after their presentation to have any questions from the audience. We'll go ahead and wrap up and get you out of here so that you can have a great Friday and a great weekend. <laughs> Got to come back up here and finish. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, for me as the director of the Empower program, I get to see the, the magic every day. I get to have uh, Empower Win emails come through my inbox on a regular basis. Uh, so really the Empower Showcase is really an opportunity for you, the community, to, to hear these stories for yourself and also for the Empower Champions to get that recognition from the community for their hard work. For those of you who might not be familiar with the Empower program, 
the Empire Program is a one-year, fully customizable program for organizations and businesses that are looking to reduce their environmental impact while saving costs and creating a more healthy and engaged workplace and community. It's a proven and uh, nationally recognized model for achieving sustainability success from within an organization. Organizations create a cross-departmental cross green team. They develop a sustainability strategy based on their vision and goals at their organization. They attend the monthly Empower sustainability sessions, and then they declare five projects and work on implementing those projects at their organization. The Empower program is there to help track and measure results as those projects get implemented. The success of the Empower program is due in large part to the uh, partnerships that we work with, um, including the, uh, we, the program is available to participants for a nominal fee through a grant through the EPA, as well as the partnership with the City of Madison, MG&E, as well as corporate sponsors. Many times these corporate sponsors are graduates of the Empower program who are looking to pay it forward to the next cohort of Empower champions. As Jesse mentioned, we have 88 uh, organizations and businesses that have gone through the Empower program. Um, all these organizations are looking to minimize their environmental footprint, maximize their social contribution, and maximize financial results. And we're excited to say that we're going to be adding the eighth cohort as pins to this map at their graduation in March. And the collective impact of these projects that Empower participants implement is huge. Of the projects, we have over 450 projects over the cohorts uh, through the Empower program that have saved over 58 million pounds of CO2 emissions, as well as over $1.7 million in annual savings. And these measurements are fairly conservative. This is only from the first year of their Empower participation. Many times, uh, participants will take their projects further and wider after their graduation. So what does a one year of Empower look like? We start in the spring and April with a half day training on the natural step framework um, and get them oriented on the Empower program. We also have uh, training on energy stewards, which is the program to benchmark and track their energy and water consumption. Uh, like I said, we have monthly sustainability sessions covering sustainability topics to uh, build skills and learn together as a cohort. Then in January, as of today, we have our annual Empower Public Showcase, again, really connecting the community with the Empower participants. And then in March, we end the year with a fun celebration and graduation where participants receive their certificate of completion of the Empower program. So I mentioned the Energy Stewards program. It's our benchmarking program to help measure water, gas, and electricity use, as well as converting that to the, your CO2 footprint. Um, they say you can't manage what you don't measure, and so the Energy Suits program connects with Energy Star Portfolio Manager uh, and really helps the cohort come together around uh, seeing uh, their actions and the impacts of their actions. The monthly sustainability sessions that uh, we hold cover topics ranging from energy efficiency for facilities to transportation to sustainable food choices. Um, and we also uh, mentioned that the first day of Empower is a half-day training around the natural step framework. Um, we also connect the cohort uh, to resources in the community at these sustainability sessions to help with those implementations of those projects. 
And really these sustainability sessions is about bringing the cohort together, um, learning from each other, uh, gaining knowledge with each other. We hold discussion tables so that they're not really, they're not learning this on their own. They're actually going through this journey together. Um, quick example I have up here is uh, ShopUp was sitting at the same table as UW Health for the session on energy efficiency. And UW Health mentioned a resource uh, for vending machines that will turn off the vending machine lights if no one is standing right in front of it. And uh, ShopUp uh, ended up using that resource in one of their projects and saved um, hundreds of dollars per year with just putting, implementing this one uh, feature in their vending machines. And I mentioned also the success uh, due to all the partners and resources in the community. Um, just want to give a round of applause to the resources. I know a lot of them are in the room here with us today, but they're really the, the um, catalyst to get a lot of these projects off the ground and helping our Empire uh, participants really get these projects going. So just a quick round of applause for those. Resources. Now, Empower Program is also about turning ideas into action. Once the participants uh, gain their knowledge from sustainability sessions, um, we have them declare five projects at the six-month uh, six mark, and that's really having that accountability to make sure that, you know, the brainstorming sessions happen, but really we want to put um, the pedal to the metal and, and really get those projects off the ground. Uh, through the Empower program, we also help them track um, outcomes. This could be in energy savings, cost savings, or even engagement metrics. Tracking is important to build that confidence and to really see the results happening as the projects uh, are implemented. We also like to look for those savings. Um, those cost savings could be through energy efficiency, uh, purchasing policy changes, or waste reduction. We work with resources such as Focus on Energy to find uh, rebates and incentives to really um, leverage those cost savings. This is just a quick breakdown of those 450 projects that I mentioned earlier and how they break down into various topics. Um, however, a lot of these projects really do cover multitudes of these subjects. Uh, so it's really hard to even like place them into one category. For example, uh, participant WEC, they were looking at their purchasing uh, procedures, and when they implemented their project, they were looking at reducing waste by not uh, making purchasing orders as often as they were. And that also reduced the footprint so that you have a delivery truck coming on a regular basis. But then they also reached out to their supply chain and said, what are you doing around sustainability? So it's really a trifecta of a project um, a lot of times we also try to implement a lot of the big S sustainability, the whole arc of sustainability within projects. So, so looking at the equity lens of those projects and how it affects community and society as a whole. This is a fun collage of the types of projects that we get to see through the Empower program. And as you can see, they're, they're so varied. Uh, it really reflects the customizability of the Empower program, but it also shows uh, the culture uh, of each of the participants, it shows their values, their goals, and their vision of creating a more sustainable community here in the Dane County region. And lastly, the Empower Program is really all about celebrating champions. That's what we are here today to see. Um, it's not a challenge program. It's a champion program. Sustainability then becomes part of every day, not just an add-on. 
uh, champions engage change not only at their organization, but it ripples beyond their walls throughout their community. I mentioned before that I get to hear these stories every day, but today is really for you to hear their story. So without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and invite up our first panel of champions. I could please have Acumium, April Air, Division of Research Products Corporation, City of Sun Prairie, and Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Come on up. First up, we have Dan from Acumium. Now that the coffee's kicked in, good morning. <laughs> All right. Um, it, uh, sustainability is a pretty exciting thing. I mean, it, you come up here, you hear a lot of these projects, all the work that goes into things. But it's something I'm personally very excited about as the CEO of Acumium. A lot of the people in the company see me going around and doing different things within the company that are from how I grew up in a family of six where your plate was clean, you turned off the lights, and you did things responsibly. So the, the program that we picked to focus on and share today is really around transportation, but as Stacy had shared, it's really a lot more than that. Um, we look at the other things that it impacts as the hub of all the different things that we're doing. So we're trying to promote uh, bike to work and some of the challenges with that of what happens if I've got to run, pick up my kid from school, we're trying to promote um, more sustainable choices in, like, how you tra travel for lunch and things like that. And not everybody may be able to carpool that day, again, because of the choices that they've made. Even though we have a uh, sponsorship program where we'll pay for Madison Metro passes, we're right on the bus line, um, that still makes challenges because if I bus to work, then, again, I might need a way to kind of travel around for the day. So we're, we're trying to solve all sorts of different problems that come up. And, and also there's that cultural impact of knowing that you're at a workplace that will provide support, provide access to things to make it easier to make sustainable choices. So um, what we have decided to do as one of our, our many different projects that we've got going on is to buy an EV for the company. We've already purchased it. It was uh, part of the program earlier this or last year where uh, Nissan had a great uh, discount and uh, uh, helped to promote um, purchasing those vehicles so you could get them for even less. Um, we've got workplace charging going on with that as well. Um, we've got uh, clients in um, the Madison area, including like the Duluth Trading Company, uh, Schwinn, um, other types of organizations where we're making lots of client visits. So we wanted to reduce the amount of, of travel that we're doing and do that in a more sustainable way by doing an electric vehicle. So we, we also are fortunate enough to have our own solar production facilities as well. We've got, a, um, uh, I think we produce about 15 megawatts of power a year um, on site and, and we're a small business. We're 31 employees, um, but we still see like we can produce our power, charge the vehicle and really drive for free with zero carbon footprint. So at the end of the day, we may not make money on it, and I'm okay with that as a CEO, but we definitely feel a lot better about the driving that we do. So we've got a video. I'd love to um, have Stacy play that as part of um, that building community, working with partners such as MG&E to help promote things like this. So it's not just within Acumium, 
that we're trying to make a difference. It's also within the community. So. Get up in the morning, unplug it at night, I'm back to full. You just put it in and it snaps in and that's it. It's really easy. There's zero emissions, so I'm not using any gas. It's 100% electric. They're like, well, it takes gas too, right? And I'm like, no, it's all electric. No gas. Doesn't take gas. And they're like, really? We got coders, we got digital marketers, I and mean, yesterday we made a trip downtown to visit with a customer. We took the lease. I probably drive it more than anybody here, I'll give you that. Having the federal tax credit, having the promotions that Nissan's doing definitely helped to make it an easier choice as a company. Acumium is a tech-savvy company, and so that's part of it too, embracing new technologies. People know that eventually these are really going to become the norm, and so they're excited to see it. Trying to get workplace charging. Really, we're, we're hackers of our own environment and trying to figure out how to just improve and, and make a more sustainable culture within the company. So, as you can see from the video, we're, we've got a lot of cultural influence in the company behind the things that we want to do. It's not typical that you see a solar carport, that you've got so many people energized about sustainability-type programs. But partners like MG&E and Empower definitely make it a lot easier as a company to um, exude the types of things that we want to as sustainability practitioners to make a difference in the things that we're doing every day. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And participation in the program and working with a lot of the, the people that we've met through the program. And I'd encourage you to check out um, a lot of the different things that are out there. If you're a company that is talking about sustainability, there's definitely a lot of options out there. Thank you, Dan. My favorite part about that was the puppy cam. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> All right, next up we have Megan from April Air. Like Stacy said, I'm Megan from April Air Division of Research Products, and today I have the opportunity to talk on the behalf of our company about some of the really cool projects that we're doing at our company. Um, I know we were only supposed to highlight one, but we're really jazzed about what's going on, so we're going to give you a quick briefing on a, a few of them. <clears throat> and I wanted to, I guess, first and foremost, thank Sustain Dane and all of the Empower Champions for everything that you guys are doing. This is a fantastic project. Just amazing that we all get together and try to improve our footprint on the world. So it's a continues to be here for all the people that are going to be here after we're all gone. So um, first one you can see up here is something. Last year when we were here, we talked about how we went plastic-free in our tech center. Well, we decided that that was so fantastic in helping to create that cultural change that we were really striving for so that these um, sustainability efforts are being carried out outside of our business, then we moved to our full um, break room and our kitchenette. So one of the things that we did that was really important to us, like I said, was going plastic-free. So we have real plates, real silverware, and real glasses. I don't know about you guys, but growing up, 
The kitchen is where everything happens, right? You're talking. You're, that's where community happens. And so when we're done eating and we're putting our dishes in that dishwasher, people are talking. We're talking to different people that normally we wouldn't be able to interact with in our everyday life at work. So I think it's been really fantastic. Um, in addition to putting in, you know, having the real dishes and real towels to dry our hands with, um, we put in more efficient lighting. So it is just a brighter space, encouraging that positive feel. Um, we put in some ice machines, and now we have water filling stations, bottle water filling stations on every floor. And that helps with that cultural change, too, because it's tracking how many bottles of water you save. So you hear people talking, like, hey, check it out. We're over at 10,000 bottles saved. You know, it's just, it's just exciting stuff to hear going on around the office. Um, one of the things that we're still working toward a, a, our best case is um, our monthly gatherings. Once a month, we get together, the whole company, and we have a meal together. We have conversations and just really enjoy each other's presence. We call them our good neighbor events because we try to use local vendors to supply our food, and, and then we also take the extra food at the end of the event to the Luke House. So we're really trying to tie that in. One of the things we're doing is we are creating policy. So the vendors that we choose, the caterers that we choose, we're asking them to use real plates and cutlery whenever possible. And if not available, then we ask them to use recyclables. We're also trying to make it much more clear because these aren't held in our normal eating uh, locations. So very clear signage on this is where, where recycling goes and this is where garbage goes. And those are it's something, like I said, we're still continuing to improve, but it's something that we've already made um, made some good changes, and we know that we're moving in the right direction there. Can I go to the next slide? Yeah. Um, last year we talked a little bit about our tech center renovations and um, us making really conscious green decisions when deciding what to do with that building. Some of the fantastic things that we're getting to enjoy this year with that, um, I think one of the, the neatest things is our indoor bike rack. So it's encouraging more employees to not drive to work, just like you were talking about. And um, we partner with Cyrus so that we could use their electronic um, system, the hub. So they're getting incentives for riding their bikes. They're getting, um, we're tracking how much, how many miles we're riding, how many calories we're burning, how much carbon dioxide we're removing for the, from the, um, the environment. So over this last year, we actually had um, 28 employees bike 7,500 miles burning over 400,000 calories and avoiding 7,500 pounds of carbon dioxide being put up into the environment. Now, if you're wondering, how much really is that? How can we put that into a, a tangible thing? Well, let's go on a car ride. Let's go to Houston every single month for an entire year. And now we're at a zero. I mean, that's a long drive. You think about that. So we're just really happy. We're getting more and more people like I said with that, the hub, we not only use that for biking incentives, we actually use it for walking incentives as well because we're encouraging people. We're right in downtown. You can walk to so many fantastic places for lunch. So encouraging people to get out. Now, we're getting people to ride our bikes more, walk more, exercise at lunch. So you know what we thought? We better put in some showers. So we put in a couple of showers at our location, and they're being used very regularly, which is really fantastic to see. Not that we see it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> One of 
One of the other things that we're very proud of through our biking in- incentive is that we were rated silver as a bicycle-friendly business. This is by the League of American Bicyclists. We're very proud of this fact because not only did we install those fantastic indoor parking, we have also great outdoor bike racks that are very secure and safe for people to be able to keep their expensive bikes there so that they know that they'll be there when they get back. In addition to all those things, we have extra parking spots. Like I said, we're in downtown Madison. Parking's a premium. So it's really fantastic to know that as we continue to grow, we actually have places for people to park that have to come from a further distance and can't always bike to work. Like I was talking about the tech center renovations, some of the things I think that were really great that we got to really enjoy this year is our lighting. I don't know about you guys, but this was new to me. We have lighting that actually adjusts to the outdoor weather conditions. So if there's a lot of light coming in from the windows, the lights will dim down on their own, making it only use the amount of energy that we need to keep the the space lit enough so that we can do our, our daily business. We also installed zone comfort control April Air Zone Comfort Control, if you're wondering, (laughs) in all our offices so that we're not constantly changing the temperature in the entire building. We can use it as targeted areas that need to have an increase in temperature or a decrease in temperature. The other really cool thing we did this year is we replaced old HVAC rooftop units. Why this is amazing is because we not only saved $5,000 annually, and increased our energy star rating by five points, but we also saved 47.5 tons of CO2. Yeah, 47.5 tons of CO2. Now, I told you about our little car ride to Houston, right, for how much we saved from biking. Here we go. We're going on another trip, all right? Now, we are driving a Honda Civic, right, a nice, nice, comfortable car. We are driving to New York, to Austin, to Seattle, to Key West, twice a month for an entire year. That's a lot of driving, and we saved it all from just replacing our HVAC rooftop units. The whole idea of why we've been in Power Business Champions for now three years running is we believe in the big S. We know that gathering together, working together to find common grounds and shared resources, we can all not only be more sustainable, but we can be more successful businesses. Thank you all, and I hope you have a great day. And congratulations on your silver designation as a bicycle-friendly business. <laughs> Next up, we have Drake with the City of Sun Prairie. Good morning. Um, the city of Sun Prairie, um, it's an uh, initiative of the city administrator to become more of a sustainable uh, com- community as a city government, and we focused mainly on uh, energy efficiency and especially in the IT realm. Uh, so one of the first things we are starting to do is in 2016, we started to move towards in the replacement plan for all of our workstations, we'll be moving towards all Energy Star rated devices. Um, as a community, we have over th- almost 300 workstations, uh, all operating some 24 hours a day. So anything we can do to increase the efficiency of those workstations is not only going to reduce our footprint, but also um, 
have a return on investment for us in, uh, in lower utility costs, and it's something that just gets built into our replacement plan and isn't very difficult to accomplish. And along with that, in 2016, we started contracting with a firm for the uh, responsible disposal of all of our um, electronic devices. Before, we, before 2016, we had kind of a hodgepodge ways of um, disposing of our devices, and now it's all through um, Cascade Asset Management that responsibly takes care of all of our disposal. Um, again, we're replacing uh, a lot of workstations every year, um, and so doing this as a way to make sure that when we have to get rid of them, that we can do it in a responsible way. Um, one thing that we're hoping to accomplish in 2017 is automated, automated sleep mode for workstations after a certain amount of time. Again, we have 300 workstations, and with emergency services um, operating at 24 hours a day, all day, um, anything we can do that if the workstation is not being actively used to shut that down and make sure it's not using unnecessary energy not only saves the city money and utility costs, but also helps us to reduce any types of uh, unnecessary um, energy usage. Um, one project that we would like to start doing is uh, replacing our lighting with higher efficiency lighting. The city has over has a five facilities. Again, some of them operate every, all days of the week, every hour of the day, every day of the year, um, in order to provide emergency services to the citizens of Sun Prairie. And so to cut down on lights always being on, because they have to be, um, if we can switch to LED lighting over time, that's something that we would like to do. Um, and right now, in 2017, we're renovating our basement, and so all of that will be fitted for LED lighting. Um, so we're going to keep looking for opportunities uh, as they come up to install that lighting and so that over time it doesn't have a huge uh, startup cost for us to do it, but we can keep as lights go out or as we renovate other rooms in our buildings, we can continue uh, replacing it with more efficient lighting. And then one of our bigger long-term projects is to study our administrative fleet. So as a, we have 200 full-time employees, uh, public works vehicles, administrative vehicles, police vehicles um, that all get used every day and are driving all over the city. We would like to do a study to see how efficient, how much use we are using them, how efficient our fleet currently is, and whether there's an opportunity to switch to either a hybrid car and our electric vehicle to see if that would both uh, give us a return on our investment um, as lower uh, gas costs to the city, but also uh, reduce the carbon footprint since we do use so many vehicles every day. Um, that'll be a long-term study and could take a couple of uh, budget cycles to get, get it through the budget and into our, our fleet and make sure that it's viable and responsible and that we're responding well to the, the citizens of some prairie. Um, there's also other things we have on our radar. As a governmental entity, we're a little different than a business because we operate on, um, we have really one chance every year to get something into the budget, and if you don't get it in there, um, you have to wait until the next year. Uh, you're limited in what you can do mid-year if it has costs associated with it, so it can take a little bit more time to get things going, but the city's committed to moving in a more sustainable direction, and uh, we look forward to um, keeping addressing the sustainability of our city. And just thinking about how uh, 
again, yeah, a municipality is a lot different than a business. Uh, but then thinking about how municipalities are really an example of leadership within a community and, you know, saving money on energy means saving money on the tax base, right? So, all right, next up we have a trifecta of Missy, Eric, and Paul uh, representing Ho-Chunk Gaining Madison. Good morning. My name is Missy Tracy. I'm with um, Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. I'm the Municipal Relations Coordinator. I am also a Ho-Chunk Nation Tribal member, as well as a Green Team member. And today we want to begin telling our story um, by some significant and impactful news. Um, Ho-Chunk people, as natural um, environmentalists and stewards of this land, we believe that this land was ours um, only to take care of and to take from it only as needed. So on September 17th of 2016, through an action brought about by the tribal members of the Ho-Chunk Nation at our annual general council, wherein we voted to amend the Ho-Chunk Nation constitution by adding the rights of nature. In the tradition of the Ho-Chunk people's relationship with Mother Earth, we must place the highest protections on nature through recognition of rights in the nation's highest law, our Constitution. The rights of nature, ecosystems, and natural communities within the Ho-Chunk Nation territory possess inherent, fundamental, and inalienable rights to exist and thrive. This rights include, but is not limited to, the rights of ecosystems and natural communities to maintain and regenerate their life cycles structure, functions, and evolutionary processes, the right to be restored, and the right to defense, protection, and enforcement of their rights. Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison is already in full, full support of the action taken by the nation's tribal members, and we are proud to highlight just one of the many projects that we are working on to enforce this effort, as well as through the efforts of organizations um, such as Sustain Dane that um, help us with you know, being able to, to enforce um, our Constitution. And now I'd like to introduce our environmental supervisor, Paul Bluji, who is going to showcase our project for today. Hello, like Missy said, my name is Paul Bluji. I am an, the uh, environmental services supervisor at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison, and I'm in charge of the inventory and chemical usage. So when I first started this uh, endeavor, our goal was to find a disinfectant that would be, have a dwell time of less than 10 minutes. Dwell time is the amount of time that a chemical has to sit on the surface to actually kill the different viruses or microorganisms that it claims to. So 10 minutes I thought was too long, but we did find a chemical called Clorox Broad Spectrum. It was a hospital-grade disinfectant with a two-minute dwell time. This was the beginning of a paradigm shift in cleaning for germs and viruses, ensuring the health of people instead of just cleaning for dirt. The only problem was our employees were complaining about inhalation issues or rashes. So with more research, I was hearing wonderful things about smart water or engineered water. We tried several of these products. None had third-party kill claims or certification. Then one day, while reading a trade paper, I saw there was Genion, the first to get a certification from the EPA with third-party kill claims for engineered water. 
I was intrigued and called for a demonstration. What I started to learn was that Genion has created a machine that produces hypochlorous acid. That's the same thing that's in white blood cells that kills germs and microorganisms. Now we found a product with studies and certification to back up their claims, a 30-second kill time. That's four times faster than the product we were using. And this product reverts back to water after it's been activated, a product I could create on-site. It's a dream come true. We've been using the Genion system, and we found it really works. The three solutions created by the machine are sustainable, created on-site, and are safe for our employees and patrons. An additional unexpected benefit is what we, we have not had any exposure or inhalation issues since the use of this cleaner. Other benefits have been storage space for chemicals. We reduce the amount of plastic trash from chemical bottles. We've got less chemical waste due to improper mixing and disposal of chemicals. And we've been able to reduce our carbon footprint by getting our supplies quarterly instead of weekly or monthly. We've been able to eliminate nine commercial chemicals with a savings of about $60,000 in the last year. In conclusion, with so many new technologies out there, it really pays to be persistent and patient to find the right fit. Okay, so like April Air, um, we would like to talk about, um, well, we'd like to show you the projects that we have completed and that we have ongoing and what we have planned for the future. I'm kind of the cheerleader of our green team, so every opportunity we get to showcase these, um, we, we really do try to take advantage of it. So these are our completed projects and our ongoing projects and things that we have planned for the future. Um, We'd also um, like to uh, thank all of you for your participation in programs such as these that enable us to keep this Madison-Dane County region just as beautiful as it was these many thousands of years ago. And uh, I'd like to close with a quote by the former uh, Secretary of Interior for, in 1963, Stuart Udall. It is ironic that today the conservation movement finds itself turning back to ancient Indian land ideas, to the Indian understanding that we are not outside of nature, but of it. Thank you very much. Wow, right? <laughs> and I just want to reiterate that we only ask you to do five projects. <laughs> There's a few others up there. Um, so we have time. Uh, I would love to open up uh, to the audience, uh, we have time for questions from the audience to our current panel. So if you have a question, go ahead and raise your hand, and we'll have Jesse or Lucille uh, come to your area. There you go. Paul, um, what types of deliveries did you change from, quarter, from weekly to quarterly? When we were ordering chemicals from our distributors, we'd be either getting weekly or monthly deliveries. With the Genion system, I get little bottles about the size of an aspirin bottle. They come six to a case. I have that set to be quarterly now, instead of having a weekly or a delivery, you know, bring chemicals in. So the, <coughs> the earlier deliveries were for larger, larger bottles of 
of disinfectants, like gallon containers and right? Gallon like jugs in in four four pack boxes. Correct. And the delivery schedule was at the discretion of the distributor, more or less. Pretty much, yeah. Because you could maybe could have warehoused what you needed, uh, but you were getting like oversupply. Could is that a reasonable thing to say? We were we're limited on our, our storage, so we were having to have more shipments come in because we didn't have the warehouse we had to warehouse mm -hmm. a bunch of chemicals. Mm -hmm. So now when we change this, like I say, it's it's taken like basically a room full of different chemicals. The nine commercial chemicals we eliminated. And you'd have to keep a stock of those, so like 10 cases of each, in a room, ready to use. Now I can generate the, the, the solutions that we need right on demand. And so I don't have any of that trucking anymore. I don't have the storage problems. I don't have people trying to mix chemicals or spills. And this product is so sustainable. Like I say, it reverts back to water after it, it kills whatever it's killing. Um, I had a question for the gentleman from uh, Acumium. I'm sorry, I, I can't remember your name. But um, for the uh, car canopy that you put in, um, my experience, those are, you, you know, not cheap. And I wondered uh, how, if ROI didn't matter, which I think is awesome, but I just wondered, you know, where that played into your decision um, or if you were just determined to do it, you know, no matter what. Well, there is that determination to do it no matter what within the company, but we did look at the overall ROI. So we, we noticed the pattern within our parking lot that nobody in the summer would park in this entire part of the parking lot, which was pretty uh, convenient from a where to park point of view since it's adjacent to the building. So we had identified that as an issue. We really didn't have a way of planting additional trees to provide for tree cover. So we looked at um, coming up with that creative solution. We worked with uh, Midwest Solar to kind of research and come up with options for us. And we did crunch the numbers. I mean, it did extend our kind of return window for what the payback is. We're in the 17 to 18 year range for that. Um, but because of the solar panel cost dropping at the time, um, we, we added a couple additional components as well to boost production. It, it helped to make it a, a palatable um, investment that made sense. The gentleman from Sun Prairie, I'm curious if, um, if the city has a sustainability committee, and if so, what role they played in kind of the Empower program and all those projects that you highlighted? Uh, the city does not have an official sustainability committee um, as far as one that would be a public entity. Um, among the staff, we have, we have one, but not one that's made up of um, residents or council members or anything, officially appointed members. This question is for Missy. Um, for me, uh, the whole thing that you're doing is amazing at Ho-Chunk. First and foremost, I want to applaud that. But my biggest thing that got my attention was not even knowing a lot about the Empower Network and all the awesome things that are going on was becoming a smoke-free facility. Holy moly. I mean, just <laughs> the casinos that I've been to, even in the smoke-free zones, there's a, the fog and a haze and taking care of your employees and the clients, but your, your base, your return on investment, how has that impacted your sales right away and your, your clients coming and your customers and how do you how do you roll that type of a program in because there's a lot 
that goes into that. It doesn't mean we just switch over and become smoke-free, I'm guessing. Yes? Well, I'll answer the first part of your question, and then I'm going to um, introduce our, our, our um, maintenance manager. Are these... Are yes. these on? Okay. Um, so the first part of your question was, we did that uh, last August, uh, well, August 2015. And at first, we did see a uh, decline in our guest attendance. However, since then, we are now back up higher than we were uh, before we were a smoking uh, facility. And um, so... Either you had a lot of people kind of just get accustomed to the idea, but what we also have seen is that we have attracted new clientele who wouldn't otherwise have come out because of the smoking in our facility. And as far as the impact that it's had on our systems and everything, I'll let um, our maintenance manager, Eric Lincoln, speak to that. Thank you. Um, as you can imagine, kicking a 20-year smoking habit, there was a lot of residuals left over in the building. Uh, we've hired uh, dirty ducks to come in and clean out our entire HVAC system. We've had people go through all our air handlers and, and clean those up. Um, we had to scrub our carpets, clean our walls. Where we couldn't clean them, we encapsulated them with fresh coats of paint, just trying to get rid of all the tar and the nicotine that was out there. But our building has been running much more efficiently. Uh, we had seen a, um, an overall electrical consumption reduction by 1%, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but we've also expanded our gaming floor by 11%. So we're using less energy and providing a greater service to our customers. Other question for Sun Prairie? Uh, you mentioned uh, environmentally sound disposal of computers that you're retiring. Do you do any sales, uh, surplus sales, um, reuse being sort of higher up on that hierarchy, plus some small amount of additional revenue? Uh, the city does not do any sales any longer. Uh, before I was with the city, I'm, uh, I'm under the understanding that there were um, surplus sales of sorts beforehand, but we've moved away from that. Um, the administrative uh, difficulties that come along with things like that, um, it was better to just uh, contract with someone to responsibly dispose of them rather than um, trying to go through the sale of, of uh, electronic devices. Do we have time for one more? One more. Dan and Megan, I'm wondering, um, from a business case perspective, what were the drivers of your decisions? Was there, was there customer interest? Was there employee interest, investor interest? Um, what, was, you know, what was the business case part of the, uh, of the decisions that you made? Go ahead. I would say it's a combination. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Um, definitely a combination. Um, a lot of them were driven by employees, um, bringing up very important um, aspects of it from research that they had found, ways that we could have cost savings while being more efficient. And, um, re you know, when you save money, you can make more money, right? And so then you can do even better things. So I think that a lot of it started from employee engagement and wanting to make those cultural changes. And through that, we've gotten more buy-in from all the other, um, you know, parts of that, your question, you know, the vendors and the, the other aspects of it. 
from our perspective, it's much more culturally driven. We don't have the investor and management issue because I'm it. So <laughs> it comes to, uh, I, I think I hear some of the pains, you know, the cities have and other organizations in getting budget approval and executive buy-in. Um, we don't have that problem. That's one of the things that we hear a lot about um, as we're participating in programs. For, for us, I mean, one thing I recognize is the importance of culture and engagement in the workplace. I mean, we spend a lot of time on culture, um, making sure that we're well aligned, and, what, and sustainability is really pretty deeply woven into that. So, you know, there was a call not only from myself, but other folks within the organization. We have a very high kind of uh, lean toward those sustainability type practices. We did a survey as part of um, the MGE workplace charging program, and I think it's, it's over 30% of the employees are looking at um, getting an EV or some kind of a sustainable vehicle in the next few years. We have people signed up that are on the waiting list for, um, you know, the, the EV, EVs coming out. Um, we had an employee purchase an EV as part of the program. We're putting the workplace charging in place. We have another employee who just a did a hybrid vehicle purchase. So. Um, it's pretty deep in the core, so it's pretty easy to make the business case for it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your questions. Uh, another round of applause to our first panel of Amharic Thank you so much. Thank you. Next up, we have Ms. Amy Keesling. She is uh, from Sustained Name, but also a Step Up co-founder. She's going to talk about the Step Up program. Okay. So you have heard us talk about Big S sustainability a couple of times already. Um, but just to reiterate, at Sustaining, how we talk about sustainability is really in this holistic framework where we know to keep a system moving forward, keeping it sustainable, we need to have a just economy, a strong community, and a healthy planet. Um, these things are all inseparable, and so you can't sustain one without having all of them be sustained. And our strength at Sustained Dane really lies in our mission of fostering a rich and diverse network of sustainability champions. And so we work with individuals, champions, people you have already met here today, to make the world a better place. In 2013, the Race to Equity report came out. And we were kind of shown a picture that a lot of us weren't aware of and we were seeing that entire communities here in the Madison region were being held back socially and economically. So two of these spheres were not being taken care of. And at Sustained Dane, we knew that that couldn't be part of our vision for a national model of sustainability and sustainability innovation for the Madison region. So because we were already, we've been working with the business community here in Madison since 2009, we saw this as kind of a natural fit for where we could try to make an impact to affect the disparities that were outlined in the Race to Equity report. We also know that more equitable and diverse organizations perform better. 
um, 35% better, actually, financially. Um, so not only is this part of our vision of sustainability in terms of a holarchy, this also makes sense for your business. So what we did is we built a diverse team to help create this vision of a sustainable Madison region that we wanted to see. Um, I'm going to introduce some of my teammates here. So um, as you know, Sustained In loves to collaborate. We love to work with lots and lots of partners. Um, so the Step Up team is made up of five of us right now. So obviously there's me from Sustained Dane, um, Sarah Alvarado from the Alvarado Real Estate Group and also a former Sustained Dane board member, Tanya Ibarra with Spectrum, and she's also the president of the Latino Professionals Association here in Madison, Greg Potter from Project Connect, who some of you may recognize from working with us on the Badger Bioneers Conference, and Carolina Bailey, who is a professor at Madison College. So... The Step Up team works together to host public workshops and trainings to work with champions and businesses to create more equitable organizations. Some of the past Empower champions that have participated that I think I saw most of here today, um, Short Stack Eatery, Reynolds Transfer, American Family Insurance, Summit Credit Union, Mortgage Center, um, and lots of others have been present at the Step Up workshops over the last couple of years. So we've all been sitting for a while. We've all been listening very well, hearing lots of great stories. Um, at Step Up, we like to make you talk to each other. So here's like a 30-second warning that in 30 seconds I'm going to make you talk to each other. <laughs> um, to give you a little bit of a flavor of what a Step Up workshop is like, um, we're going to play a little game. So first, on your own, you don't have to talk to anybody yet. Don't worry. You can, like, rush to the back and get coffee if you need to. This is our team, right? Just introduced each of them. What I'm going to ask you to do is kind of in your head or on a piece of paper, match each of us on the team with one of the statements below. So I'm going to give you like one minute to do this. Take a few more seconds. Okay. Now I'm going to make you talk to each other. Um, so we're going to take about three minutes or so, find somebody sitting near you, and share what you think the answers are, come up with a, a team response. You can come up with a team name if you want to. Um, these will not be recorded anywhere, but it makes it a little more fun. Um, so come up with what you and your partner think are definitely the correct matches for these. You've got three minutes.
Okay. Let's wrap up. Everybody figure it out. You're like ready to bet money on this? I think Stacy's actually collecting the bets, so. <laughs> okay. So raise your hand if you thought I was A. Okay. Raise your hand if you thought Tanya was A. Couple more. Greg? Ooh, a lot of Gregs. All right. <laughs> Carolina? All right. You guys are all cheating. Everyone in the front is like, I heard them say Carolina. <laughs> Sarah? Yeah, they're totally regional. You guys are all cheating. <laughs> okay. Yeah, teamwork, right? Um... I would say. <laughs> I worked in food service for almost a decade. Uh, Tanya is a Green Bay Packers fan. Greg uh, grew up in the Wisconsin Bells area, and his first job was a, as a housekeeper. Um, Carolina comes from a single-parent home. Sarah struggles in school, struggled in school. She's a very smart, wonderful person. Any of us could have been any of these, right? You get it. Um, each of us choose to share different pieces of ourselves. And even if you knew a couple of us, you might not necessarily know the facts that we chose to share on this. Even when we know we're being kind of tricked by this game, we still have to rely on our assumptions that we make about people. So you might have looked at me and said, maybe I look too young to have worked in food service for almost a decade, or you know that I've been at Sustained Dane for six and a half years, so how could that be possible? Um, I had a lot of part-time jobs after college. <laughs> um, there are a lot of pieces of us that you can't tell just by looking at someone. And so what we try to do with Step Up is help people to stop, question the assumptions that they're making, and move forward from there, and not just make the automatic associations that all of us are primed to make. It's not about making anybody feel guilty about the associations that they make. This is something that we all do, but it is about being able to check ourselves. So um, this is kind of how we approach our work. Um, in sustained Dane fashion, we start with the individual. We work with the champion. Um, we work with people to understand how these biases and assumptions that we have can shape the world. We help people identify our own biases, and Step Up Team included, we're all very willing to talk about the challenge areas that we have. Um, then we can reframe those biases and shift them and learn how to check them and in doing that, create a culture of inclusivity within our workplaces and within the world. We know that to make big change happen, each of us needs to start with ourselves, and so that's the approach that we take at Step Up and at Sustain Dane. Um, we know this is true of environmental sustainability. Um, you can set all of the recycling and energy saving policies that you want, but if an employee doesn't understand their role in the greater impact, they're probably not actually going to change their behavior. 
And this is also true of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Policy changes um, are great and a very important step for each business, um, but it's only effective if your employees understand the role that they play in creating that inclusive space. So if you want to learn more about Step Up, you can check us out. We've got um, the website is stepupforequity.com. You can also find us through the Sustained Dane website. We'll have a workshop coming up this spring on board diversity specifically. Um, you can also have Step Up come and work with your organization to do a training that is tailored for the needs of your employees. Uh, we have an e-newsletter, and we are also on Twitter and Facebook. This is how you can find us. And the last thing that I'm going to go through today um, is something that we created at the very beginning of Step Up. Um, it's kind of our rallying cry, our unifying call to action, um, and I think it helps people understand their role that they play and the responsibility that they have in doing this work. So hoping that you will all kind of take this step up pledge with me. I understand that my attitude and my perspective make my world what it is. I choose to cultivate an attitude of gratitude and empathy each and every day and in each and every encounter. While I know it will not always be easy, I commit to the challenge and I commit to change. It's in this spirit that I agree to the following. I pledge to be courageous in my honesty and truth. I pledge to participate with good intentions in this safe place where my community and I can grow and flourish. I pledge to be open to new ways of seeing the world and sharing the world with others. I pledge to work towards curiosity and not in judgment. I pledge to step up boldly and lead by example, even when it feels uncomfortable. I pledge to trust myself, my intentions, and the goodness of others. I pledge to build a beautiful and diverse culture inside myself and my community. Sometimes our steps will be big and bold, and other times they'll be small and soft. Both kinds of steps, take a brave heart, are necessary and important, and in fact, some of the most some of the smallest steps create the biggest impact on our growth. I pledge to step up today and every day for a better world. Who's with me? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, I mentioned before that we try to weave a lot of that equity work into the Empower work. I mean, we talk about energy efficiency and waste reduction, but really your carbon footprint is not just in your neighborhood or just at your organization. It's in our entire community. So we all have a responsibility to think about how our actions, how we can do better for our entire community. All right, so with that, let's go ahead. I'm excited to bring up our second panel of Empower Champions. If we could please have the Mortgage Center for Public Service, Urban Land Interests, UW Office of Sustainability, and WPS Health Solutions up to the panel table.
right, good morning. <laughs> My name is Gillian McBride, and I am an undergraduate student at UW-Madison, as well as an operations intern at the Mortgage Center for Public Service, our Campus Volunteering Services and Civic Engagement Center. I am proud to speak today as part of the Mortgage Center Empower Green Team, which also includes Carrie Temkin, the coordinator of our largest volunteering program on campus called Badger Volunteers, and Karen Crossley, our longtime special projects director. All of us have worked at the Mortgage Center for several years and genuinely love the work we get to do to carry out our mission. Our mission at the Mortgage Center is to connect campus and community through service and learning, and our participation in the Empower program this year felt like a natural extension of that work. Although we offer a wide array of sustainability-related volunteer opportunities and educational programming for our student body, before joining this program, we did not often have the opportunity to consider the importance of environmental sustainability in the daily work our staff does on campus. With the knowledge and tools we gained through Empower, our office green team helped turn sustainability from something extra on our office to-do list into an integral part of the way we do things. Perhaps the best example of that was the transformation of our office wellness day, which we hold once every semester and summer into a waste-free picnic at Brittingham Park, complete with yard games and meditation. We achieve close to zero waste by encouraging our staff to think critically about how the food would be made and packaged, how they thought about eating the food, and even how they would get to the park that day. It was not only a fun challenge in office social, evident from the happy picture up on that slide, uh, but also made the case that sustainability is a part of emotional and physical wellness that we find really important. This past year, we also thought critically about our transportation options program, which is designed to give our service learners and Badger volunteers what they need to make an informed decision about their transportation to their volunteer site. Uh, for these programs, we facilitate access to bikes, city buses, and cabs. However, to cut down on the cost and carbon emissions of cab rides for all the students eligible to take them, we piloted a Zipcar car share option throughout the summer for Badger volunteers and also researched the potential of a rideshare program for our service learning students. The Zipcar option was so successful that several teams of volunteers have continued to use it throughout the academic year, and we are also proud to share that we're officially launching the service learning rideshare program this semester with the courses that use the cabs most often. Uh, finally, during our fall orientation for student staff, we included a sustainability training session, which emphasized the central role sustainability now plays in the work we do, uh, described our Empower projects, and then trained our staff hands-on in how to recycle and even compost appropriately in the workplace. From all of these and the many other projects we continue to pursue at the Mortgage Center for Public Service, our green team has learned valuable lessons in cultivating sustainability as a real workplace value. We learned that our colleagues and community partners and student volunteers care deeply about their impact, and each group has challenged us differently to create projects which were not only environmentally sustainable, but also economically responsible and aware of the complex communities in which we work. Uh, working at a large university that centralizes its operations, uh, we had to get creative with how we measured our progress, but it made sense for our overarching goal. We also learned it's important to lead by example. Uh, you get people to care about the big things you're doing by showing them your smaller decisions to bike to work or to pack a zero-waste lunch are important and even enjoyable to you. Once you get people to notice these things, they're likely to ask you how to make those kinds of sustainable changes around the office as well as in their own lives. And it's the best feeling in the world when someone tells you that you inspired them to change even one daily action because they saw you do it first. 
Finally, we learned sustainability can be really fun. Uh, we were fortunate the Mortgage Center was already a supportive environment that was really receptive to our ideas, but we realized if we communicated our sustainable projects as not just important, but also enjoyable to do a picnic or a bike tour or even an infographic where we communicated the weight of our trash, recyclables, and potential compostables and in terms of zoo animals. Uh, they would stick with people for much longer and actually start real conversations about what actions we can take to make our environmental impact a more positive one. So before we close, we'd like to thank our colleagues in the Empower program and its sustained Dane for inspiring us at the Mortgage Center to continue to cultivate a happier, healthier, and more sustainable workplace community. Thank you. And how many pounds of chihuahuas did you save with your <laughs> 22. All right. Next up, we have Matt Darga with uh, Urban Land Interests. Oh, actually, sorry. Right. Ulbrich uh, is actually listed in the program as the next presenter, but they were unable to be here. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of their sustainability efforts. Um, their garden is by design, a sustainable garden, by uh, having different elements such as uh, the right plant in the right place, healthy soils, uh, natural insect control, and composting of, uh, for their soils and their reduced reuse recycle. Um, they like to spread sustainability through their engaging educational opportunities. And also the, the garden itself is really a landmark within the community with more than 250,000 uh, visitors each year. They're also a certified Travel Green Wisconsin destination. And their green team, uh, uh, they participate in conserving energy, reducing waste, while educating the public about sustainable gardening. They also work with community partners such as MSCR, the Madison Public Library, NatureNet, and other neighborhood associations. So I just wanted to make sure they get a quick shout out, even though they were unable to make it here today. So. And now I'll pass it on to Matt from Urban Landers. Thank you. Uh, delighted to be here today. Uh, always wonderful to see a lot of different colleagues and friends and uh, uh, folks in the community. I see Rotary friends here, uh, MG&E, former colleagues, just awesome. Uh, so if there's heckling, I know where that's coming from. Um, so I could talk about this stuff for hours. I only have five minutes, so hang on tight, because here we go. Next slide, please. Um, for me to talk about what we did this year, I have to talk about who Urban Land is, who we are, how we got here, because that really tells the story of, of why, why we wanted to be an Empower champion this year. Um, okay, so 40 years ago, Brad Minkowski and Tom Newyar, our owners, uh, began the company a little over 40 years, uh, and it was about adaptive reuse from the very start. Over on the left is uh, Arcadian Springs in Waukesha, old water bottling plant, which they converted into uh, housing, uh, which was just awesome. You know, that idea of adaptive reuse, uh, fantastic. There is something sustainable in that. Um, a few years later, we have the fire station on the right. That's at Broom and Gorham. Uh, the original part is those red doors on the right side. And on the left is the addition. So it was repurposing for what the community needs now. It's architecturally significant. It's respectful of the neighborhood. It's consistent with the original architecture and the thought process at the time. And it's something the community can be proud of. So that is, was, and is our brand and how we got started. And again, there's something sustainable in that. 
Um, fast forward to 2008, around about the time I started, we have the U.S. Bank building on the square. It had a reputation as an energy hog. Um, people, were, people were leaving that building. It was declining in value because it, it, you couldn't control the temperature. Great folks. I knew the folks managing the building. They were doing all they could. It needed some reinvestment. It needed to be reimagined. So we come along and purchase it and uh, sink about $20 million into it. Now it's a full building. Uh, we've doubled the Energy Star score. We got LEED certification on it, LEED EBOM. All these awesome things, uh, and, it, and it's a great success story. Right around that time, as we were growing from just our, our two owners and a couple of folks, we were, we were at the size of maybe 75, 85 people. So our owners uh, convened a team and said, all right, what does it mean to be urban land? What are we about? What is our mission? What is our uh, vision? What's our values? What's our strategies? Uh, so they could put into place something that outlasted, outlived them. Next slide, please. Um, so this team got together, and, and it was really, uh, you, can see our, you can see our vision and mission. Um, it's really about the buildings and relationships, uh, something that the downtown, uh, wherever we are, can be proud of. Next one, please. Our language about who we are and what we do was evolving because of U.S. Bank, because of what we did there. So we, 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 we recognize right away that there's something about sustainability, long-term ownership, you make different decisions when you're a long-term owner. You're looking at tomorrow, and you know you've got to live with the mistakes you make now. It doesn't always mean you have more money. Uh, sometimes it means you have even less. But you make different decisions. Again, there's something sustainable in that. And it's a natural fit, natural fit for us to, uh, to do things like lead an Energy Star because, because it aligns with what we do. Uh, Energy Star, we chose EBOM because it's more about how we operate the buildings, which we thought married very well with building something long-term. And one of our strategies that came out of this was to be a leader in environmental stewardship. So I'm going to come back to the idea of leadership in that stewardship. Fast forward to 2016. I know it's last year, but that's where we were. Give you an idea of the buildings we have. This is just the downtown. We call them our core assets. We have some State Street properties. We have apartments as well. But just to give you an idea of the buildings we have and the folks we can influence, uh, the Anchor Project on the Square is one you're probably familiar with. It's just a couple blocks away from here. Uh, Block 89. You know, people usually know these buildings by the the, the retail, uh, where you have Walgreens and Starbucks and Deluxe and Johnny Delmonico's. Park Bank, Collectivo, Latoile, Gray's, Dream Bank, UW Credit Union. So those are, it's a, it's a big piece of the downtown that we can influence with what we do. Next one, please. These are all the things we currently do and the size we are. We have 130 employees, 188 commercial tenants, 466 residents in the downtown area, 1,900 stalls and 1.2 million square feet and growing. Anchor Bank will add to all that. We're a focus partner. We're a trade ally. We have a successful, a successful project at Knob Hill where we've reduced demand. Energy Star on two city blocks that you just saw. Uh, we do energy efficiency uh, efforts, lighting, HVAC. We partner with Focus and MG&E. We evaluate the good, better, best. So it's like, okay, Matt, what are you, what are you doing here, right? Like, why, why, why do you need Empower for? Well, if you ask any one of our tenants, we probably have a couple thousand. I was putting the numbers together, three, four, five thousand between parkers, residents, tenants. Ask them, what is, does, does Urban Land do all that stuff? 
I don't think they'd know. I don't think they'd tell you because we don't tell them. We do an awful job of telling the story. And, and uh, so if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? You know, you can make some sort of corollary statement about, about uh, what we do. Yeah, it's awesome. Some of our own employees didn't fully know what we do. Um, so that was really our focus with uh, Empower this year. All right, next slide. Um, it's about um, partnering with tenants, residents, vendors, and contractors, and the community. That strengthens those relationships. That's part of our mission. We want to strengthen those relationships and that communication with our tenants. Uh, we have an opportunity to influence thousands of people. I remember back in college taking those environmental courses at UW here, and they were talking about, even, even in the mid-'90s, about the building, the built environment, being able to teach you know, the built environment as teacher of the occupants. So we have an awesome opportunity with what we got to do that. Systems. So really, it's still about growth. We're now from, from 80 to 130. Systems can be unsexy, but it's about consistent delivery of quality. We need, we need those systems to, uh, to deliver that quality to ensure we're doing these awesome initiatives across the portfolio. And influencing others is how we can be a leader in environmental stewardship. So we convened the team. We focused on these threes and indoor environmental quality, but these three. I mean, look at that story, our green spending. When we just looked at it, we said, oh, my God. You know, we meet the lead standard across our portfolio. Let's tell that. Let's ensure that we're doing the green cleaning across the portfolio. I do it at U.S. Bank. We have our own in-house janitorial. We are doing it across the portfolio. But no one knows that. None of our tenants know. It's, it's like we never did it. Uh, so that was really our focus. Um, we convened a team across a couple departments. That was awesome to learn about what each other is doing just within our own company. We want to standardize and look at what is, what do we have for green cleaning, what does that look like, what are the gaps to do that across the portfolio, and what are the things we want to do this year to close those gaps, and then tell the story to everybody to get our tenants engaged. Uh, we have a team. Uh, we're enjoying that. We hope that continues. Uh, and we had David over here doing a lot of the heavy lifting. It was awesome to have that. If you can get uh, limited-term employees to do some of that heavy lifting for you, I encourage you to do it, uh, and I look forward to what else we can do in the future now that we have some momentum of this green team. Thank you. And congratulations on your Energy Star on City Block. That's huge. <laughs> All right, next up we have Jill with the UW-Madison Office of Sustainability. Good morning. So the, the UW Office of Sustainability was created to really bring together the academic missions of campus, our, our research and educational purposes, with the physical campus as a kind of a place-based part of the learning opportunity to bring together that, that operational practice with our educational purpose and bring them together to work towards sustainability in a, in a broader sense. So today I wanted to highlight two of the initiatives that we've been working on over the past year. Um, one that is um, kind of a, a continuation of something we've been building on and one that is a, a newer opportunity that, we've, that we're pursuing. So the first one I wanted to talk about is our Moving Days program that we participate in. For anyone who is ever in Madison, in, in kind of central Madison area in mid-August, you'll be aware that 
the moving time around the apartment lease turnover dates around August 14th and 15th is um, quite an opportunity to take a hard look at waste and our thoughts about consumption and how we acquire and dispose of items. So the office has um, partnered with a coalition of many other organizations locally, including the City of Madison, uh, Goodwill Industries, St. Vincent de Paul, to be able to uh, take a, a a harder look at the moving day's time and how can we use that as an opportunity to educate residents, particularly UW-Madison students, about uh, moving responsibly and disposing of the items that they no longer want responsibly. So our, our students have, have started a portion of this that's called the Donate and Take Program that's really a, a by students for students initiative where we set up a tent and, and near campus, kind of on the edge of campus, right near a lot of large student housing areas where people can drop off items that, that are functional but no longer wanted, so clothing, books, um, furniture, electronics, um, pretty much anything you might find in a student apartment that they don't want to take with them. And then other, others can come and shop for free and take whatever they feel they can use. So it's an opportunity to take that time when people are moving out of one place and into a new place to be able to get items from a place where they're not being used to a place where they will be used. And in the process, keep those items off of the curbs and out of the landfill. And so um, we've expanded this program this year. It ran for six days to really span the move out and move in time. We've diverted thousands of items from the landfill. This, this tent you can see here, uh, filled and emptied over the course of that six-day period, probably easily three or four or five times as the items just continuously move through. Um, we also partnered with campus recycling groups to recycle 35,000 pounds of e-waste that were then no, not going to the landfill. And one of the things that's really nice about this is that we could really re reach beyond our typical sustainability circles on campus to get people to start to think about the impacts of their choices. These are people who might not normally be um, choosing to participate in, in sustainability activities on campus, but they could really see, start to see the benefit of keeping things out of the landfill as well as building this greater sense of community and the sense of giving back. And that's a lot of the feedback that we heard from participants was that people really started to connect to these broader ideas beyond just having a convenient place to drop their things or come get some, some new free clothes. So that was really encouraging for us to see, and we would love to to see how we can continue to build on that idea to be able to help people see um, that the impacts of those actions can, can expand even further outside of this program and really take that as something they can take with them in their, in their daily lives. The other program I wanted to highlight is a, is a newer program that we're starting that's a green office certification program. And this is, this is being run by some of our student staff, including Gilly here. Um, so this is something that uh, we're creating to be able to provide people on campus with information about the impacts of their choices in the workplace and provide them with tools that can really empower employees to be able to make more sustainable choices in their own work environments. So here we're able to provide uh, some information as well as some tools and really help people see both the benefits and the way forward to be able to create a greener workspace. So we have a certification checklist with um, about 40 different items that people can pursue in their, in their workplace. They can kind of customize to figure out what makes the most sense 
for their own area. And this can range from anything um, from proper recycling at work to purchasing decisions to how to handle office events to transportation. So we're trying to help people really see in a bigger picture how this can affect themselves, their community, and their immediate work environment. So this is really um, targeting a broader range of campus than some of our other programs, especially staff members who tend to have a longer tenure on campus than, for example, students where there's constant turnover. One of the things that, this, that we can do here is really show people how even small decisions and small changes can really add up over time and over space. So they become a part of a community across campus of people who are all working together toward similar kinds of ideas. So this is um, a place where we're really looking for broader staff engagement. We've got, we've got a handful of offices who are, are participating in this now. It's kind of in a pilot stage, and we're in the process of scaling up. So we're really excited to see where this goes. Thank you. And I believe UW had the opportunity to present on the Moving Days uh, project at, at the national level. Is that correct? Um, not the Moving Days, but the housing move the out. The yeah, housing move out, yes. A rent hall move out, which yeah. is also another piece that I need to talk about today. <laughs> There's always more to talk about for sure. All right, next up we have uh, Michelle and Jennifer from WPS Health Solutions. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, everyone, for attending today. We're honored to be here. So WPS has already implemented, through the course of our recent history, many green initiatives, um, but mostly by our facility operations, which makes sense. Um, for example, our employees have saved more than 50,000 plastic bottles from landfills by utilizing bottle filling stations that were installed in our office buildings in 2014. And last year, WPS switched to paper towels with a minimum of 50% post-consumer recycled fiber, saving trees and reducing pollution. But the Sustained Danes Empower project gave us the opportunity to really build a green team that were made up of employees from all across our company. And so our green team includes facility operations, but also um, employees from accounting, um, information technology, communications, um, and other areas. So it was really this green team coming together, creating sort of a broad goal um, to raise awareness, encourage change by finding new ways to further the company's care of the planet. And so the, the projects that we implemented this year from the green team really came from this team because of the diverse perspectives that were among the team members. So we're, we're happy to share with you three major accomplishments from our green team sustained Dane year, and here to talk further um, about those projects is my colleague, Jennifer. Good morning. Um, I talked really fast, so those of you who are looking to get back to work or to start your weekend early, as I am when I leave, <laughs> I'll be your best friend. Um, you see the brine repurposing system, and when you hear that, most of us don't know what it is. 
Our facilities department is awesome with their green initiatives. When we started our green team, we're throwing out all these ideas, and they're like, yeah, we do that, we do that, we do that. <laughs> Similar to urban land interest, we didn't advertise it. So, you know, having our communications team is very helpful with this. Brian repurposing system. We've had some recent bad weather, some ice. We unfortunately didn't have a repurposing system in place before Tuesday to use the repurposing system. We had it in place. But what it's going to do, we put it in our largest of our four buildings on our Madison campus, and it's going to take the salt out of the water softener systems, and we can use it for de-icing which would have been great on Tuesday. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not up and running at this point. Um, it's going to take this salt, and I don't know if anybody's familiar where WPS is. We are right on the Yahara water systems. So it's going to divert that out of the land or out of the sewer system, and we can use it as our salt. This has been used by many other countries, and um, it's just now taking off in the private sector. We do believe that we are the second, second company in Wisconsin to use this. So, you know, as we no longer get snow here, apparently, we get ice, this will be great. <laughs> and it's not going into that sewer system, so we can use it. Uh, when the... When we know a winter event is coming, we will use this in advance of that so that we don't have the problems. But like I said, Tuesday is um, a disaster, and we didn't have it in place. So the guys were running around with their typical you know, salt and putting that down for us. And the concentration will vary greatly, but to be effective, we need to capture it at the highest salt concentration, which is part of the way um, the brine rinse cycle. One of the other projects we did, which was – beyond our expectations is we decided to do this a little late in the year. We did it in November. Somehow we got like a 70 degree day in November because, you know, Wisconsin is normally 70 degrees in November. And we stood out there and watched the amount of stuff that the people were bringing in. And it was unbelievable. We filled the first truck up and they had to leave by, I think, nine o'clock and empty that truck and come back. The big screen TVs, I don't know how people even got them there, but the old ones, you know, big tube ones, they were there. Um, we had 20,000, just over 20,000 pounds of electronics that were recycled during this event. And I don't know how many times I've heard people say, oh, my God, I totally forgot about it. Mm -hmm. So even though we were advertising it, people still forget, you know, you got life going on. Had we had those people remember, I have no idea how much we would have ended up with. It was so successful, we're going to be doing it at our larger remote sites, um, Omaha, Nebraska, Marion, Illinois, Wausau. So we are partnering with Cascade. I've heard a lot of people mention Cascade. So we also use Cascade, and they are helping us with that where they can. Um, by diverting these materials, we were able to save 10 tons of e-waste, and we are, that's going to be equivalent of 14.4 tons of carbon dioxide emissions. So quite a bit was taken out of the landfills, and we were able to use Cascade to recycle them. One bit of information that the guy at Cascade shared with me is some companies, like you'll get somebody who received a new iPhone in black, and they want it in white. They get brand new iPhones that they recycle there. And they have to shred them because that's part of the contract with Cascade. So anybody who, you know, you were talking about um, 
reselling some of the equipment. Just know that Cascade does a great job of recycling. Sometimes it's horrifying for them. And he said when he started, it was very difficult, but it no longer is for him. But we have, with that, we saved 13.6 acres of U.S. forests in one year, 34,512 miles driven by an average passenger vehicle. Unlike April Air, we didn't compute when it went to Houston or not. We don't know. And then 15,366 pounds of coal burned. And so, like I said, we're going to offer this at our other locations. And similar to the city of Sun Prairie, we did the automatic computer sleep mode. Thanks to our colleague, Bonnie, who was sitting in the back, she noticed that some of our training rooms, the monitors weren't turning off, and we had just moved those to mini computers. And the policy that we had set up wasn't going out yet for mini computers, so she actually helped us identify which computers needed it, and we worked well, I worked with my colleagues in IT to get that sleep mode sent out, and we have 3,200 desktop computers that this affected. So that's quite a few, and each one of those monitors, because our monitors, all of our users have dual monitors, it saves $50 per unit per year. So you take 3,200 computers, dual monitors, shut the sleep, return it into sleep mode so those monitors go to sleep, you're saving a lot of money. And I know our facilities friends love us for that. Unfortunately, that does, does not show up in the IT budget, but I'll get over it sooner or later. <laughs> and so that each monitor uses 55 watts of power, and when it's in sleep mode, it's only 5 watts. So a lot of savings for carbon dioxide and for financial. So those were the big projects. I'm going to turn it back over to Michelle real quick. Thank you, Jennifer. I just want to share with you two lessons learned, the first of which it's really we learned through this process. It's really important to communicate what we do on the green team with employee communications. We're lucky to have a corporate-wide um, Internet system where we have news, and we hope all of our employees visit there, but we advertised pretty heavily um, and wrote about our successes of these projects and others. And the other thing we did was we set up an, an email mailbox, really simple to do. And so we've been taking in a lot of ideas, inviting all employees to share their ideas for future projects with us. So that will help us um, move forward as a green team and involved um, all of our employees who are interested in this matter. The second lesson learned was scale and reach. So we are a company of about 3,000 employees, most of whom are here in Madison, but we do have other locations in Wisconsin and out of state. And we learned it's really important um, to involve those offices, and we have representatives of all of those offices on our green team, but something that we're going to be moving towards in the future for those outside areas is um, because our main facilities are in Madison that we own, we have much more control over the projects that we can implement on those sites, but the outside sites are a different matter. So we're going to be setting up those um, outside sites and empowering those employees a little bit more by setting up a subcommittee um, system so they can have a louder voice in the green team. Thank you very much. I just want to have a special uh, say thank you to Stacy and Sustain Dane for this opportunity. Also, MG&E, we're a proud um, Focus on Energy participant. So, thank you to both Sustain Dane and MG&E.
Thank you so much. All right, I'd like to go ahead and open up the floor. We have time for about one to two questions. Anyone has a question? I am really appreciating that two of the actions that we've heard about have to do with the uh, extent of our uh, chloride pollution in our water. Very important issue here in Dane County. Uh, the questions are, urban land interest, could you just uh, walk us through a little bit of the steps that you've taken with your, with your maintenance uh, uh, people that, to uh, reduce the amount of salt and, and what kind of things were they doing uh, to actually you know, implement the, a less salt uh, policy? And I'd like to hear a little bit more from WPS about this brine recycling, recycling uh, process. Uh, how expensive is that? How hard is it to use? Does it work with, uh, you know, on what kind of scale? Anything you can tell us more about that? Uh, it sounds like something that uh, a lot more people in Dane, a lot more facilities in Dane County could use. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to say I want to know what WPS is doing with that, too, because <laughs> uh, anyone who spends any amount of time thinking about uh, salting practices realizes that you need to go to anti-icing, which is putting down brine before a snow event uh, as, as a way to save chloride. Um, uh, we, uh, we got in contact with a consulting company from uh, the Twin Cities area called Fortin Consulting, F-O-R-T-I-N. Uh, they wrote uh, the Minnesota uh, in, uh, Environmental Conservation Administration's uh, winter maintenance assessment uh, test, uh, and you can take that. Uh, it rates all of your practices. Uh, we don't have a brining practice at this point. It's something that we're looking to implement, and we're actually going to pilot. Um, we, I mean, we're... They, Frankly, we're unaware of of its effectiveness, especially on uh, the surfaces that we have around the, the uh, Capitol Mall. But um, as an extension of that, we need to coordinate with mall maintenance. Mall maintenance does probably 75% of the sidewalks in front of our buildings, and we get that last little, you know, 10-foot stretch. And we've got a uh, we're looking to partner with them to to use less uh, salt and and make improvements where we can, but it's that one, that one is a work in progress more so than some of the other projects that we did. Yeah. I'm going to let my um, colleague, Ken, who is our facility operations director, answer the question about our brine system because he's the expert. Ken? Oh, well, thank you. Um, the question was again, sir? The question was again, sir? Well, we... Uh, well, I just, I, this is the first time I've heard of this uh, brine repurposing, so I guess the, the idea, if you could explain, I mean, all our buildings, all of our places have water softeners and all that, uh, all the stuff that comes out of those water softeners is going right into, uh, right into the uh, uh, Rock River, basically, through, through MMSD, which, which gets some of it. But, but it's a major, major problem, and I'm wondering how this, how this operates and how it helps uh, reduce that problem, what happens with the brine, you know, in the, in the soft water uh, salt system. I mean, how does how does that actually work, and can it be uh, scaled to uh, other buildings and, and anything about it? I've first I've heard of it. Yeah, and and it's pretty much into its infancy stage right now. Um, we have 15% that goes to gray water. That's a 
that's a problem for this state, and that I believe at some point is going to be a mandate where we do projects like this. So right now we have 5.1 linear square footage of linear footage of sidewalk. So we're still in the in the pilot stage. We got it installed, and basically what we want to do with it, uh, the site that we reviewed how it was being done was considerably smaller sidewalk. Um, we have a lot more sidewalk, and they had a different larger system. So we think at the end of the day, um, the site that we visited that was using it reduced, it's claimed that reduced their bag, bags of salt from 50 down to uh, 2, which is tremendous. So the system basically captures all your brine, and we're going to go, we're going to step it up a notch. We're going to not just capture that high concentrate. We're considering capturing it all because we want it all out of the gray water, correct? Right, that, that's the goal. Um, so we want to capture it all and look into when we captured the information, when this bag difference from 50 to 2, we started thinking, it's like, well, why can't we just make this, if it can really be that effective, why can't we make this just a little manufacturing plant where we pump it out into our, our equipment and, and treat our sidewalk? So to, to generally answer the question, it's, it's very, very new to us as well. Um, we've seen that it is a proven system, uh, and it's a win-win thing. You're putting less salt uh, if you go from the 50 to 2. Uh, you're putting less salt physically down on the sidewalk, plus you're capturing that 15% or that amount that you're putting into gray water. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, it, it, that's another thing, too. Good point, Jennifer. Um, once you, you, you see this system, it's in it's very simplistic. Um, it, it, it's really just a matter of your discharge from your brine tank goes right into the tank. You capture it. You have an agitator down in there that you want to agitate this, this up with, especially if you want to high, uh, do a higher concentration, and then it's just a simple pump pumping out to your delivery device. Awesome. And I noticed the time. We're getting a little bit uh, short on time here, so I want to go ahead and wrap up our question and answers. But if we could just do a quick round of applause to our second panel of Empire Champions. Thank you so much. Wow. So many, so many cool stories. I uh, heard about solving challenges, embedding cultural change, leading by example, uh, small positive changes that really add up, and how to involve, engage, and empower uh, your employees in your community. Um, as we wrap up, I just want to point out uh, again that applications for Empower 2017 are now open. They are available on the check-in desk where you got your name tag, as well as an information packet if you want to learn more about the Empower program. The deadline to apply is March 15th, and we'll kick off our first day of Empower in April. And just uh, if you notice we have an insert within the program, we have an upcoming uh, Sustainable Business Network meeting next Wednesday where we're going to be talking about adaptive leadership with some guest speakers. And if you're curious about the Empower program or you want to maybe hang out at one of our sustainability sessions, we have one coming up in February on Tuesday, uh, February 14th. Um, you're more than welcome to come in and attend. We're going to talk about how to move forward and ensure success after graduation. Also, I want a bit, uh, big shout out to our partners and our sponsors, really making, uh, ensuring that this program happens for, for our business community. Um, so with that, I'd like to go ahead and close out. Uh, please, uh, your name tags, please place them on the front table so we can go ahead and recycle them. 
And also we have a table out front. Uh, Community Shares of Wisconsin is here with us today as the same day, and we are uh, an organizational member of Community Shares, and they have a drawing for a couple door prizes out there if you sign up. So, um, again, thank you. We have the room for another half hour if you'd like to continue to network. So thank you so much.